When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Homo Sapiens Extra. Oh, What's what? your name? My name's Christopher Sweeney. Well done for remembering that. Thank you. There have been occasions. And what's your name? Barbara Streisand. Oh, welcome, Barbara. I got nothing to be guilty of. One of the rumours I've heard about you, Barbara, is that you have a shopping mall built beneath your house, which is where you go shopping. That's correct. Thing. Dogs are playing, by the way. This is the noise. Uh, we still oh, have yes. Bobby with us, who is six-month-old puppy... Uh, Jim and Mima Elliot, who I are songwriters who I've written with, they so Bob dropped the dog off six months ago. Yeah. I, been <laughs> I don't know where they are. They're not replying to my text. Can I tell you my new thing that I like to do this week? Mm-hmm. Hold hands with people. Strangers? No, I ask people sometimes if I could hold their hand and in the company. Oh, and, and they hold it back. May I hold your hand? It's so lovely. Isn't that lovely? And do you do oh, it? On- it makes me go all. Do you do it on in rehearsal kind of thing? I try and do it on the stage. While you're performing. <laughs> I, can I tell you the funniest thing about, this is basically my life at the moment, about being on stage with other people mm. that you get to like, is all the little asides and looks you can have. Yeah. Because no one, the audience can't see you doing it, but you just give a little twinkle of the eye. And it is so funny. So like, let's say when I finish my first big speech, I turn round and look at Luke, who I know, and just give him some stupid face. But he has to keep... Thank you for holding my hand. Um, <laughs> but he has to keep a straight face. It's so much fun. It's proper school stuff, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, yesterday, uh, my challenge was by the uh, some members in the band to get a Steve Irwin-like cry into my ad-libs. Who Steve Irwin, who like wrestles crocodiles and things like that. Oh, who died? Oh, he died, yeah. So in homage to him, I went, Ah, oh, you're right, mate, I gotcha. Oh, he's a world one. <laughs> <laughs> and no one else will know, but they laughed. That's really funny. Mm. We've got a lot to do, haven't we? Can I fly you over to responses to our episode on Chemsex, William? Please. I feel like Esther Ranson on, what's that show that she oh, did? Oh, um, who, um, 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 um. <laughs> William's just walked in behind you. William, what was Esther Ranson's show called? Hearts of Gold? That's, That's life. life. I feel like Esther Ranson on That's Life. We've had so many lovely emails from people saying how the Chemsex episode has really touched them embodied their problems and how brave roger and john were 
for talking about their problems. Yeah. Someone called Ben has written in saying, John and Roger's stories in your chemsex episode is my story. I'm in the early stages of my recovery and woke up with massive cravings today and your podcast couldn't have come at a better time as I sought to combat those cravings. Well done. The issue of chemsex has been on the LGBT agenda for a little while here in London, but it makes me sad to hear other cities in the UK are similarly affected. Thank you for tackling the issues on your podcast. Can't wait to hear what else season two has coming up. Plenty more, Ben. Mm. Thanks um, for getting in touch. Thank you and well done for continuing on the journey of recovery. Jenny has written in. Hi guys, love the podcast. I was looking forward to this episode as I have some experience previously working in both LGBT plus and women's sector. I understand the issues around healthy relationships and self-confidence, but I struggle with the raised profile of chemsex in some ways as being an excuse for bad behaviour that somehow has become a norm for men in the LGBT community. This doesn't seem to be a massive issue for gay and bi women. Interesting as usual, and thanks again for Food for Thought. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, Jenny. I think the LGBT Foundation is doing wonderful work. And I personally, and this is a conversation, I'm not understanding the excuse for bad behaviour because the thing is, it's happening. So you have to address how you solve it, right? Well, yeah, and I'm not sure about bad behaviour. seems quite shaming, quite a mm. shaming phrase. Behaviour that isn't healthy... Simon has written in and said, I've recently left my husband because he was drawn into the world of chemsex. It changed him so much as a person. Sounds like practicing self-care. Yeah, I'm really sorry to hear that, Simon, but I'm pleased we could help in some way. And the LGBT Foundation, I know, will be able to help you if you need any experts to talk to, because we're just a couple of broads giving it a go. Hey. Hey. Hey, Chris. Speak That's only like, for oh, yourself. Mate, thank you for the kiss. That's so sweet. Lee wrote in, I wanted to write and talk about some of the damage chemsex can cause. I was in a relationship for nearly 10 years. The last four years of that, my partner developed an addiction to crystal meth and chemsex. Maybe there are other gay men who have experienced life as the partner of a meth or chemsex addict who feel the same. I don't think their voices are heard at all in this debate. Well, this is your voice being heard, Lee. Yes, and they are being heard. We've had a couple of people now have written in about that. Well, living with anyone that's got an addiction, whatever the addiction is, because chemsex mm. is another way of escaping. I just think... It's such a shame sometimes, it makes me sad, that some addictive behaviour is more obvious and destructive than others. So, like, for example, I mm. smoke. You know, I can still work if I go and have a cigarette. I can't necessarily work if I've had 20 pints. And I just... But you have done. Yeah. Um, Look at you shush, on Wednesday night, shush, opening shush. night of the show. Be quiet. I just think that's uh, makes me sad because then we judge the behavior that is more obvious people mm. have like love addiction people have shopping addiction you know someone might have jumped online and bought shitloads of material for curtains or you know maybe it's new up in a bedroom now and maybe it's, <laughs> maybe they maybe, bought, maybe there's a man up there hanging it now anyway yes so um, lots of people thank you for writing in lee said Dear Chris and Will, sometimes there are days when I can get up and get through. Sometimes I have days where I just get back into bed and pull the covers over my head, hoping that I can sleep through and wake up a little bit stronger. This delightful podcast helps me make sense of the world as a 33-year-old HIV-positive guy suffering with my mental health. Homo sapiens is a sanctuary where misty clouds disappear and the sky is clear. Oh, Lee. Lee. Flora T has been in touch. Much love for the podcast and has also said, I know that you've mentioned it, but it would be nice if you had a few more women on the show. You ask, we deliver. We've got Helen Richardson-Walsh and Kate Richardson-Walsh on the show next week. Yeah. Oh, have we heard from Rona? Our yeah, Rona's written in. Rona, you're just the best. Rona's written in, she said. Oh, she's um, a gift that keeps on giving. Guys, do I really get a t-shirt? I'm so excited. Thank you for being so lovely. I feel like I've made some new friends as well. So do we. She's actually living in Mexico at the moment. Well, we were friends. I want to be there. Could you please send me the t-shirt to this address? I'll pick it up in a few weeks and I'm back. Then she's going to send us a picture. Rona, we are... 
very happy to oblige. We get a lot of emails from listeners wanting to know more about PrEP, which is the HIV medication. And a lot of people have heard about it, but they want to know more, William. So what do we do when people ask us to do stuff? We listen to them and we went to the LGBT Foundation. And we spoke to Peter and Patrick, who work in sexual health at the Foundation, who are two of the funniest people I've ever met who work in sexual health. They bought us a sandwich, so we love them. They told us about the pros and cons. We had a bit of an ethical discussion, didn't we? Yes, we did. You stole some stuff. I took some badges. And we talked about some why it gets a bit of dodgy reputation in the press. Yes. Maybe? Yes, yes, yes. Here's our interview with Peter and Patrick. On our merry sojourn of the LGBT Foundation in Manchester, we found ourselves in what room is this? The group room. The group room. And we're with Peter and Patrick to talk about PrEP. So it's all the P's. I'm um, going to have a test. <coughs> you have one. You've had one. I need to have a test. If there's a room available. Yeah, we can do it. Can I? Yeah, yeah, yeah if you want. Yeah, of course. And it was a, it was a big December, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about doing a campaign just at the end of the year about going out with the new year with a bang. Um, <laughs> and then like underneath sort of saying, come and chat to us before you speak to Nana over the roast potatoes. <laughs> you know your HIV status because yeah. she will ask I was thinking about like sort of having like one of us like on a on a rocket or a testing strip is yeah. the LGBT <laughs> foundation just an art project that's my next question um, <laughs> we do have our like I mean one of the things we're trying to do is mm. sort of like approach sexual health and sexual identity and from artistic perspectives as oh, well cool. so rather than just like oh you know it's really clinical try to be creative yeah we're going to give you a workshop there's a section on our website called between the sheets mm-hmm. so people to talk about their experiences of sex love and passion and then how that might tie into services or provisions so for example there's a really good one it's called making a racket with adam rickett mm-hmm. And it's about this lesbian woman's experience of uh, coming into her identity and thinking, does she have a crush on Adam Rickett when he was in Coronation Street? Um, and whether she, should she or should she not masturbate to him? And then also then talking about the pleasures of masturbation. Like we need to be like... we've asked ourselves, no? Bloody brilliant. Breathe again. Mm. Breathe. Oh, when he was stuck in a plastic box. Do you remember? Aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> With a blonde bob. Mm. Aren't we all again? Um, um, bangs. Feels like an appropriate moment to ask... Or let's explain, what is PrEP? PrEP is pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is basically, in the most simple terms, it's HIV medication that you would take ahead of having sex. Okay. On and a one-off basis or no? Well, there's two different uh, ways that you can dose on PrEP. So you can daily dose, and that is as it says on the tin, you take your pill every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a like, really, really good approach because you've got like a sort of threshold of PrEP in, in your system and it creates a really, really strong preventative barrier against HIV. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also event-based dosing. So that would be that you would take um, preferably double dose 24 hours before sex. It's good up to two hours before sex, but anything after that, it's not going to work. And then you would have to take um, a pill 24 hours after sex and then another 24 hours after sex, so it's like 48 hours after sex. So that's a, it's also a very effective method. Now, where I would advocate for event-based dosing is if somebody's on a very limited budget and they're self-medicating. Right, because it's very expensive, right? Well, it'd be about like- You look at about 35 pounds a month. But for some people, that's still quite a lot of money. And and I think you've always got to put it in perspective about how many times do you think that you're going to be 
more likely to be exposed to HIV. So for example, if you think you're gonna have sex with someone that you've never met before and you don't know their HIV status, or it might be that you're with a partner that is HIV positive but doesn't have an undetectable viral load yet, so could still transmit that to you. Mm. It just depends on the circumstances and that might change whether you want to dose all the time or event-based dose. There's also an issue around, I suppose, um, we don't always know when we're going to have sex, mm. you know, so you could be just, you know, you're out at an event and you meet somebody and it just gets hot and heavy immediately. Um, so there isn't always the, the space actually to event-based dose. Where'd you get it from? <laughs> so um, when Patrick was talking about self-medicating, there's a website called I Want Prep Now. And I guess in a, in a way, it's a bit similar to Dallas Buyers Club of how it came about. So it's basically people that were purchasing generic drugs. So that's why it's cheaper than say, for instance, if you were getting it on private prescription, because you're looking around like closer to 400 pounds for a month's dose if you were to buy it privately, right. because it's to do with the patents from the drug companies. <laughs> you're purchasing a generic, so basically it's coming, being shipped from another country. And what they did is that, that people were self-medicating, so they were taking it, but they were also partnering with some London clinics who could then do screening to check that enough of it basically it was what it says it was on the bottle so enough of it's in there to protect them yeah. and that's evolved over time so I think at the moment there's probably about five different generic drugs available on that website we're confident that they work and they are what they say they are and that they're specifically coming from drug companies that are trusted and I think it's really important that we talk about the different options because I think a lot of the press is focused on trials but not everyone's going to be eligible to access that on a trial so there needs to be alternatives and we need to talk about that because there are going to be people that need to access PrEP that can't get it via a trial. So people are very much, um, tell me if I'm wrong, <clears throat> people are very much getting behind the idea of PrEP is just as good as using a condom, so don't. Well, no. we, I think one of the things that we always signpost or alert people to mm. when we're talking about prep and we're advocating for prep, and I would be a huge advocate for prep because I've personal experience of it, mm. you know, and um, both, you know, like a, a professionally and personally, mm. it's a preventative measure against um, HIV. But there are still other STIs out there: syphilis, gonorrhea, mm. chlamydia are all on the increase. So. Mm regular testing if somebody's self-medicating on prep what we would tell them advise them to do is to co to get tested get full screening done every three months mm -hmm. um, because they need to test for those other stis yeah. also they need to i think peter mentioned something about the impact that it can have on what's called renal functions like liver and kidneys so that needs to be monitored as well and most of the time for most people, it, it doesn't have a, a massive negative impact, but it's still something that you need to be very aware of because it is having a negative impact. Obviously, you have to come off that medication and find something else in that um, sexual health toolkit which works for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. 
Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I think what Peter was starting to get into conversation about, I suppose, I have been, I've experienced this personally as well, prep slut shaming, I would call mm. it. So basically, oh, you're just a slut, you just want to have as much sex as you want with, with many people you want, you, why don't you just use a condom? And there's lots of reasons, I don't think we really talked about the reasons why people wouldn't use condoms. Mm. Um, so for, for uh, a lot of men, if they're, say, topping, for example, the materiality, the texture of condoms um, means that they lose their heart on and then they can't have sex. So it's not an effective tool then because you're not actually having sex so and that's pretty frustrating for bottoms some, sometimes there's like kind of actually itchiness and irritation from using condoms but there's also a lot of pressure on bottoms to in the moment let's give a scenario some you know there's a bottom in a sauna meets a guy he's he, the bottom wants to use uh, use condoms but the guy is like oh just let me put the tip in da 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 so there's a lot of you know and, th- and then it just it's it's in and you know it's happening and you're in the moment and as a bottom you're just you're probably just going to go with that and then there's that then that kind of follow up anxiety you know where you may have enjoyed sex in that moment with this really hot guy in the sauna but the, the, the after reflection creates all this anxiety so can you say you really enjoy the sex and it becomes like internal shame yeah, as well yeah. because you're, you're thinking that someone else is going to judge you mm. for the fact that you didn't use a condom on that occasion yeah. whereas actually like mm. sex is complicated it's mm. not it's not just this thing of where we often sort of see within the media and when they were talking about prep as like a lifestyle mm. drug well a good majority of people are having sex and it's complicated and and even if you're in a monogamous relationship it's still complicated and that's why different tools play a a role within that is there a sense that from the 80s with the aids epidemic and with the fact that condoms were drilled in i I think it's kind of like that our bodies are kind of like poisonous in a way and that sex is like very Mm self-destructive and i think that when when patrick talks about some of like like that that internal dialogue and stuff i think unfortunately it's not just coming from outward media and kind of like conservative values and stuff i actually think it's it's crept within our own culture and i think that that in a way was the intention of the media at the time was to kind of like divide and conquer us Mm -hmm. And I actually think that the HIV epidemic was used as a way of basically destroying that our community and sense of self. And the reason that we're still here now is because people don't necessarily have that confidence to talk openly about what they want with one another because we're told that, that sex should be transactional. I think there's a lot of pressure to kind of like have a stamina and notches on the bedpost and stuff and and sex is different for different people. Why do people get so cross about PrEP? Well, do we can look at it from, uh, say, the right-wing press kind of motif, um, which is the gay lifestyle drug motif, and it's that, oh, why should the NHS and why should we all us taxpayers pay for this sort of promiscuity and the fun 
hedonistic lifestyle of a lot of gay men in London and Manchester and I think that's the sort of notion that was um, proffered and that we shouldn't be we shouldn't be paying for this and this medication shouldn't be provided I mean there's a simple economic argument for prep prep is like four times cheaper than antiretroviral drugs I think for like uh, I'm, I'm not sure the exact figures yeah I think there was kind of like an estimation that if yeah. someone was to to become HIV positive that over their life course it would it would mm. cost approximately 360,000 pounds so actually if if the the patents were removed and it was a generic drug that was offered by the NHS and that's what 35 pounds for 28 days supply and that someone was event-based dosing it's actually the long-term cost of investing in prevention has demonstrated already that that's cost-effective. And I think also as well, there was this thing where people started to play, it was like healthcare top trumps. It was kind of like, well, you're gonna remove uh, funding from cancer. And and that's that's really horrible because that's kind of implying that, that, that people that want to access PrEP don't care about other people's healthcare and that's bullshit. Like no one, no one has ever come out and said that to us. Well, what's, what's, what happens then, the, the negative effect that that has on people is that we often, um, we haven't talked about PEP um, that much. Mm, I was um, PEP is that like, you know, it's an emergency um, preventative medication. So if somebody has had a recent exposure to HIV, they can go within, ideally within 24 hours, because it's most effective in 24 hours, but um, within 72 hours, they should go to an A&E or GUM clinic and access PEP. But the, what this, the attitude then that we get from a lot of people are sort of fear is so somebody comes in and they've had this, you know, they've maybe had like unprotected sex, barebacked, a few days beforehand and they don't know their question whether they should access PEP and what we hear quite often is like I don't know if I deserve it I don't think it's serious enough or and it's it's this notion that that's kind of been filtered into people that there's a sort of a kind of hierarchy of of need Mm. almost and if somebody has anxiety and they feel that they've had a possible exposure they should go and access the medication. Mm. I, I think that's the kind of sort of long-term sort of negative effect that this sort of reportage from right, right-wing press, and I think it's principally a few culprits. Mm. But that's the effect that, that people don't feel that they deserve medication that's going to have um, long-term benefit for mm. the, their health. What are the positives of PrEP? Like from a personal perspective, um, it's completely changed my life on how I feel about sex and the sex I'm having. Mm. It's That anxiety has just been taken out of the sex. It's been tremendous in the sense that, you know, it's really opened up a lot of aspects of my sex life that I sort of self-stigmatised about before. What well, the fact of not using condoms, having multiple partners, it's certain things. Um, that that was like something that was like, oh, obviously, you know, I'm just a slutty gay man. Whereas now I'm kind of like, no, I'm, I'm taking control of my sexual health. Um, I'm testing every three months for SDIs. And people go, oh, you still could get gonorrhea. It's like, yeah, but I could still get gonorrhea if I wasn't on PrEP. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, I find, I mean, one of the things for me when we were talking about sex, like I think great sex is a human right, the same way as like access to food and clothing and shelter. You know, it should be written in the Geneva Con- Convention that we've all have a right to great sex. Mm-hmm. And in whatever way that that happens, um, and I think PrEP is just another, it's not only a great medication for prevention, but it's a tool for us to open up conversation about the, mm. the type of sex that we're having, the type of sex that we want to have. Mm. And I think that's really, it's been really liberating and really empowering for me being on PrEP rather than just be, when somebody slut chains me, I just go, well, you know, I point out A, B, C and D. And it's like, I just go like, it's my right to mm. have sex with who I want to have sex with in a consensual, 
manner and you know to enjoy that sex i already feel like my sort of sense of what sex is is changing yeah for my own self Good. how it should be it's not just a chore well like the empowerment thing i can do it how i want to do it yeah and then work around how i can be safe and healthy and my, you know well-being my mind's healthy my body's healthy and our definitions can, can be different to one another and that's okay mm. because yeah. i think often when when we often talk about compromise again we sometimes just focus so much on that provision of kind of like the compromise is the condom but sex is so much more than that element that's within there it's even kind of like going down to things like if you're a bottom does that automatically mean that you're not the one that gets to dictate about the condom mm. because of your role within the bedroom mm. and regardless of whether you're kind of like a power bottom or whether you're a, a receptive bottom no no, no that that's part of your body, so that's your choice as well. Yeah. What is a power bottom? Um, it's someone that can like back it up themselves, so you're not waiting. control. Yeah, you're not waiting for the drilling. Like you can, you can make it. Do you say make it clap? I said you're looking. For <laughs> make it clap. <laughs> you can make it clap and bounce and. Is make it clap a thing? There's there's a song. Um, is it Buster Rhymes? There's someone that goes make it clap. Wow. Have you not heard of that song before? No. Yeah, we'll, just... we'll make a power bottom playlist. <laughs> that is, Maybe it could be the tune that leads us out. That was Peter and Patrick from the LGBT Foundation. I liked them very much. If you want more information on prep, you can go to the lgbt.foundation forward slash prep. Ah, oh, that's right. I feel so professional. Mm. Um, if you're going on prep, make sure you find out all the information first. And um, I feel like we're on the BBC saying something like that. I know, I know, I know. And also remember to test yourselves and make sure you're aware of your HIV status. Coming up, goose eggs, good for you or not. And also the plight of the weasel. But now over to our book of the week and you find Monica and Fiona wondering why are they stuck on Mars? The chickens are squabbling again. Wormhole of the week, Chris. Wormhole of the week for me. So, do you know David Mamet, playwright? He's one of those people you'd know his stuff. I feel like I know that name. Yeah, he started doing this thing I got sent called Masterclass where he teaches people about his ideas about writing. So I've been watching them. Great. He is so kind of black and white and he's incredibly funny about his views and there are lots of views on the rehearsal process and why most of it is people just wasting time. And he's very sort of aggressive and cuts through. God, I agree with him. And, And I love him for that. So then I went on to the John August, who's another scriptwriter's website, which then took me to somewhere. And then I ended up on Deadline Hollywood reading about Roseanne, you know, the new Roseanne show. Oh, yeah. Because Good. it's been getting a lot of flack. Because, Why? Well, because she's a very vocal Trump supporter and they made a pretty horribly misguided and racist joke on Roseanne this week. So she's been getting it in the neck. So that was my wormhole. How's your wormhole? How's your wormhole looking? <laughs> <laughs> very personal, Chris. Um, as me stop pumping my leg. I started with Aretha Franklin singing Rocksteady. Rocksteady, yeah, that's what I feel like. <laughs> Still available uh, for concerts. I do a mean Aretha Franklin. And then via a converted barn to Tom of Finland, oh. the movie, a chap who... It was in World War Two, actually. It was illegal to be gay and ended up doing this very erotic artwork with uh, very particular types of characters with handlebar moustaches. Mm. Guilty. Guilty, Your Honour. And, um, yeah, became 
very kind of iconic. And then to a film which I have ordered but not watched called Beach Rats. The microphone Ooh. falling into my mouth. So that is my wormhole of the week. You're frothing at the mouth over there and I think I know why. It's not just because I've thrown five Alka-Seltzers into my mouth. No, it's because you want to know who's going to be Apple Review of the Week. Yes, um, not only because I have a personal investment, because it means I send a t-shirt, but uh-huh. just because I like hearing the pros and the cons. We've had some really Hit nice we, we've had some really nice uh, reviews. Gebsy just found this awesome and supportive, like a good friend, just great. Just found this awesome and supportive, like a good friend, just great. I only need to say it once. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to get the point across. Didn't yeah. You? Thank you. Floor Tile's been in touch. Chris and Will and their guests are totally inspiring and interesting and hilarious. Sometimes the guests. The casual, comfortable discussions draw you right in. Brilliant. I'll take that. Dan Wiseman says this podcast is just simply amazing, funny, serious, intriguing, and informative in equal measure. Dan. BPM UK. My favourite podcast. I've been looking for an LGBTQ podcast which is normal and not all negative. We are full of positivity over here. Also showing the cross-section of the whole LGBTQ community. Love the interviews on location. Feels like you are sat with you. I almost fell off my chair. Oh, did you? Oh, (laughs) um, who would you like to anoint uh, Review of the Week? I think it should be Gebsy, who repeated (laughs) it twice. I anoint him. I pardon you. Bong, um, bong. Have there not been any bad ones? I love the bad ones. We haven't had a bad one. Please write a bad one, but still give five <laughs> yeah. stars. You will be getting a t-shirt. It shall wend its way via my local Clapham post office. Mexico. Yeah, via Mexico. Well done, Chris. Well done, As William. always. It's been an utter pleasure. People want to get in touch with us and win a t-shirt. You have to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you want to email us, please get in touch via hello at com, or you can go to that old-fashioned twitter and do at will young with the hashtag homo sapiens will is mouthing as i speak it's yeah. like i'm your ventriloquist doll you're my ventri yeah Hi, where are you going now <laughs> <laughs> is it the end of homo sapiens extra <laughs> yes it is oh, little good. chris sweeney oh i'm all wooden me it's time for you to go back in your box ow that hurts i know back you go <laughs> oh we need to get homo sapiens dolls can mine have more hair than i do 